to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that normally explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. And I'm Chris. But this week, we are going to be talking about Comic-Con. Yay! (laughs) Yeah. So, as many of you know, we went to Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, exactly. And it was because Chris was presenting on a panel about new mutants on a panel of mutant metaphors yeah. and the academic conference within comic-con yeah which was awesome uh, it a was a lot of fun it was and we're not gonna get too much into that today because chris is going to be doing a blog about it which is going to be coming out in a week or two mm-hmm. which is open to all of our listeners not just our wonderful patrons yes absolutely So we wanted to talk about Comic-Con and share a lot of really interesting thoughts and cool perspectives and points of views from people we talked to at Comic-Con this year. Yeah, we thought it was a great place to get other perspectives on but from other fans, right? Comic-Con is a huge locus of geek culture, not just of comic books, but of all kind of fandoms. And so we unsurprisingly found some awesome fans that we were able to talk to about Harry Potter and Star Wars and Avatar. Yes. But this was your first Comic-Con, correct? It was, yeah. So I've been to WonderCon once before, which is years ago. a great con as well, but much mm-hmm. smaller compared. Much smaller. And then I've just been to some other kind of series-specific cons mm. in the past, but not never one hundred thirty thousand people. Four day. Four day, yeah, uh, yeah. It was, it was big. Yeah, it's a huge event. <laughs> yes. Uh, did you, you enjoyed yourself though? Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah, it's uh, I, I've I've been going to Comic Con or I have gone to Comic Con many times. Uh, growing up, I went for about twelve years, from my my preteens to my mid twenties, and I I always loved doing it, and I definitely saw a lot of how it changed and how it became the massive event that it is today, but. I haven't been able to go for for several years because it's just so hard to get tickets. They sell out in October for a July event, right? Well before anything's actually announced of what's going to be there. So this year I found out that apparently it is easier to become a panelist at Comic-Con than it is to get get a ticket to it. Yeah. But uh, it, it was a lot of fun, and I was so glad to go with you. Uh, and we of had some, you some amazing cosplay, which you'll be able to find photos of on our Instagram and Facebook at Geek Critique Pod. And yeah, all sorts of fun stuff. Why don't we get to the other delightful people that we met at Comic Con who we discussed uh, all these, these great properties with? So we were asking them uh, all sorts of questions about you know what they loved about these series and what they would like to see uh, in the future or in their kind of their their wildest dreams and so uh some really great great things we heard uh for anyone who was on it thank you so so much for for helping again uh it was great to 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 meet you all and to to have you on yeah for sure and that was something that was really cool about being there at comic-con as well it's just the random conversations you could have Mm -hmm. with people sitting next to you on a panel or uh cosplaying as something amazing and just their passion for the same things that you love and their thought processes on it was really cool totally yeah yeah so yeah i'm excited to get to share with our regular listeners some of the amazing thoughts of 
of these wonderful people we met at Comic-Con, and two of them are 11-year-olds. Yeah. Um, of course, we didn't have our, our, our full studio set up, so the... Uh, <laughs> full studio? Yeah. <laughs> they don't know where we record. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so the the sound quality won't be up to snuff of our regular episodes, but it's highly listenable. You can hear everyone and, and all the wonderful things that they're saying. You'll just hear, like, excited people in the background. Yeah, occasionally some music and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, including at least once when the panel starts going starts in the background, and so we have to wrap up our conversation <laughs> with yes. the person that we're talking to. I think you can hear the Harry Potter music start playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right, well, enjoy these Great insights from the fans at Comic-Con. My name is Aliana. Go by Adi. So what's something that's just really meaningful to you about Avatar? I think growing up, you know, it's one of those shows where I actually saw people of color and women in power. It was just a great show, great representation. And the creators just, it was ahead of its time. I never saw anything like it. I didn't even realize there was a plot. I was just following it. And it's just something that's been with me for the last 10 years. And I'm just happy that it's still thriving, even to this day. Right? So good. Thank you. Thank you so Dodie, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So, what is one of your favorite themes or concepts in the Harry Potter world? The whole issue of bullying. Mm. Yeah. And how to combat it and how to avoid it and what to do about it. So the whole issue of bullying throughout the all of them is, is one of the main themes that jumps out to me. That's yeah. a really good point, yeah. Yeah, I love that too. Uh, second question would okay. be if J.K. Rowling wrote a story about any of the characters in her Harry Potter world, which character would you want to know more about? Hmm, that's a good I know question. there's so many good characters, yes. it's hard to choose. <laughs> um, probably the whole backstory uh, of Hermione Granger. Mm, yeah, even before she gets to Hogwarts. Even before she gets so to Hogwarts great. and growing up with, a, you know, muggle parents mm-hmm. and how to deal with that. Yeah, we don't see much of her family no, through the don't. books. You, you hear, a, her father's a dentist, I think is all right. you know. I think maybe both of them I are, yeah. Both, and, yeah. You know, so how did she grow up? Yeah, and, and what's it like for her when she started going to Hogwarts? Right. You know? She spends most of her summers at the Weasleys, right? Is it is there conflict there? Is there something that she's feeling she's missing at home? Like right. Yeah. So you don't you don't know too much about her. Yeah, yeah. that's a really totally. good. Totally. I would love to see when she had little bits of magic, like uncontrolled magic, when she was a kid. Right. How That'd did be so how, you know her parents didn't know about magic? So mm-hmm. how was that growing up? Yeah. And dealing with a power that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those are both great answers. Thank you. So thanks for talking to oh, us. You're very welcome. What? Nice meeting you. Yeah, you too. So so what is something about Avatar, like a theme or a concept that really speaks to you? Well, I think there's always been psychologically the fact that you choose to be bad or good, which mm. is something I study criminal justice. Okay. So there's a lot of misconceptions about people who commit crimes that they're like naturally born bad. They're not. It's 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 not only just like your environment, but it's a choice you make. And so we can see that with like Zuko versus Azula or something like that. And then just the fact that you have these people from everywhere, and they can all come together 
and on one common cause and learn to be equals, even though they have like fights or whatever, mm-hmm. is is really unifying and really telling of what our current society should be doing. Totally. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. So that's probably that. So you were dressed up as Azula today. Yes. Why, why Azula? Well, I'm here with my sister, mm-hmm. and we decided to do the two siblings. I always really liked Azula. She's definitely a little bit sociopathic, but she's also incredible in terms of character. She never breaks character. Mm. And you can see, even at the end where she goes crazy and cuts her hair about her mother and stuff, that's still completely in character because her brain would not be, she would not be able to sustain that, just the way she has built her support around herself. She really doesn't have any. So when she breaks, she breaks. And I just really felt for her character. And I don't know. She deserved more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Well, thank you so much for, for chatting with us. Uh, can, can you give me your name? Uh, my name's Candela. I go by Candy. Candy. Thank yeah. you so much for being uh, on the podcast, Candy. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> thank you. My name is Leah. Are you a Harry Potter fan, I too? I am. Awesome. Shane? Shane. So, one question is, in the Harry Potter series, what is a theme or a concept that like really speaks to you? For me, it's the the companionship and the teamwork that especially Ron, Harry, and Hermione have throughout the entire series, that no one ever really goes alone. They're always there together. They're always there to support each other through good times and through the bad times. For me, I think it's overcoming some of the struggles. For Harry, it's his traumatic past. For Ron, it's his upbringing in, in the class differences between him and the Malfoys, for example. For Luna, it's overcoming that awkwardness, being alone, and then finding herself with friends. So it's it's overcoming these challenges, and if they can do it, why can't we? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> another question is, if J.K. Rowling were to write another book about any of the Harry Potter characters that we know, which character would you want it to be about? We've talked a lot about it, a lot about this. I actually, I would love to know the story behind the founders. I want to know the start of Hogwarts and the the relationship that the four founders had because they touch a little bit on them in all the books and you get to know just a hint about each one of them. And I'm really curious how these four people decided we're going to start a school. So I'm super curious. And they kind of all hated each other. Yeah, they had to work together at least for a while. So I'm super curious about that. That is super interesting. For me, it's the ghosts in the mm-hmm. in the in Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Kind of give more. You get the books give you a little bit of the background, but really go into the in-depth story mm-hmm. of the ghosts and their origins. That would be awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. No Thank you. Thanks, it's guys. great. All right. Okay. So, what's your name? Molly. And how old are you? Eleven. Awesome. So, what do you love about Star Wars? I guess like the action and all. Okay. Okay. Cool. What about a character? Do you have a favorite character? Um, Ray. Ray. Nice. Pretty awesome. <laughs> this panel that we're, we're waiting for this is diversity in Star Wars, right? So, what what does diversity mean for for you in Star Wars? The different like um, types of people, like colors and um, like the LGBT community. Yeah. Do you see that in Star Wars at all? I mean, you usually do. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of kind of different representations that people can kind of see with the characters. They're starting yeah. to do better with it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, what do you hope happens in the last Star Wars movie? Um, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you be happy with anything? <laughs> 
My name is Mickey Harrison. I am a professor of English at Pierce College in Woodland Hills, California. And what is the amazing uh, class that you teach? And what, do you, what is your subject matter? I teach children's literature, and I teach it with only the Harry Potter texts. Yes. So I read all seven United Kingdom texts, because I won't read any of that American rubbish. <laughs> right? Philosopher's stuff. Exactly. And we read all seven texts in a 16-week semester. I sort my students into their prospective houses the first day of class, and they have to be in those houses for the entire semester. They work together to do, write a research paper. They have to write an essay on each text that we read. We have a uh, Tom Riddle's diary. That there's a <laughs> weekly post that we do every week. Yes. They take they take an owl every class, uh, a 10-question quiz, just to make sure that they're actually reading the text. I specifically pick questions that either aren't in the American versions, aren't in the film, or the films completely are different from what the texts are to keep them up on their reading. And um, we go out on outings. So we go to Universal, and we have like little club events. And I'm actually thinking about putting together a Quidditch team as well. That's so awesome. Okay, so one of the things that we do on our podcast is analyze Harry Potter and a few other series through different themes. So what are a theme or a couple themes or concepts in Harry Potter that really speak to you? I think that really speaks to me is government injustice. Mm. Um, And I think that that's something that we can always see happening in our governments and foreign governments. Mm -hmm. So when we see the things that the ministry does, I believe that it's a good springboard for us as students and scholars to say, is the government correct in hiding some of these things from us for the better of the public, right? Mm -hmm. Because we don't want the public running around in chaos. And so there's a thin line there between what they should be doing to protect our best interests and what are they hiding in secrets they're keeping from us that are hurting us. Mm-hmm. And why they're doing that. And, right? what, yeah, yeah. And, why, and what ultimately are the motives behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's kind of what they said in there, that the ideas of friendship and love that mm-hmm. Dumbledore always preaches, right? Like the greatest gifts of magic, uh, love and friendship and mm-hmm. music. Uh, you don't need to be a magician or a wizard or a witch to be able to do them. Those are things that are natural and they come from the heart. So I think that that's kind of the lesson that always reemerges in my class. And so when you see a bunch of students come into the class and, you know, it's college and everybody's kind of afraid and nobody wants to sound stupid, but at the end, everybody like truly, honestly loves each other, except for the Slytherins. <laughs> no, just kidding. No. They're actually usually my best students, the Slytherins. Because yeah, I think I think they've always sort of been on the outskirts and they, mm-hmm. they put up this defensive thing and so they get really tough. <laughs> so, that, so that's nice. That's awesome. And the Ravenclaws think they know it all and you gotta sort of whip them back into... And then they get really bad owls. <laughs> exactly, right. On that Ravenclaw. Yes. Oh, and on that note, I do send out Hogwarts letters to all my students. Oh, so I get, their, I get their mailing address, and I do what it looks exactly like the, the one that you see in the movies, but it has sort of my spin that shows, like, the text that you need to get and report cool. by this date. So, so it's fun. really neat to have students come in and say, I've been waiting my entire life to get my Hogwarts letter. Oh, and so it, one comes in the mail. It doesn't have any return address on it. It's just stamped Hogwarts with this... <laughs> With the wax seal, and uh, sometimes parents freak out because they think they joined some cult. And sometimes they throw them away because they think it's like trash or whatever. Uh, but it, it's just I try to do little things like that to sort of make it a more immersive experience. Um, so I turn cool. my syllabus into a daily prophet, mm. so they have an actual newspaper That's syllabus so with the same sort of imagery and different text designs. Mm. So I try to create as much of a, a true experience 
of being a part of that world, but it's still very academic. Mm-hmm. Right. And that That's sounds like so a lot fun. of fun for you too, right? You know, just write a normal syllabus, but get right. to write a daily problem. And, and the greatest reward as a teacher is there's always going to be one, if not multiple moments where somebody sees something that I've never heard about, mm-hmm. researched before or heard any other theory that's brand new. Well, I think that's I think that's something where the text keeps giving it back to us. So I had one last semester, and this was really, really cool. I've never seen it anywhere else. But do you remember the three items that the Dursleys gave to Harry for Christmas yeah. during his Hogwarts day? Uh, socks. So the, the socks were... Um, or he just used that as a just, wrapping it, for Dobby. Yes. Wasn't one like these were actual gifts that were sent to him. There was something? a used tissue. Yes. Was, was there a rubber band or a paper clip? There was a paper clip. Okay. And was it just like and there a was, pound or something? There was a coin. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So one of my students took this tissue and folded it in half, and took out a paper clip and took out a coin, and when put together, they were the Deathly Hollows. Oh. oh that is cool. So could we were that thinking mean? like, could. Could the Dursleys actually have known about this the whole time and they were secretly giving Harry these <laughs> items that were representations of the Deathly Hollers? And so it's little things like that, whether it's true or not, or we're able mm-hmm. to connect the dots and make something. But I think those are the sort of things that mm-hmm. the texts just keep giving us. Yeah. And that's what makes so it so magical. Okay, last question. If J.K. Rowling were to write another Harry Potter book, but about a different character, what character would you want to have explored more? Pre or post? Either. I would really like to see... It's a sad, but I think heroic tale to see what happens with the Weasley twins Mm. since there aren't twins anymore. Um, I think that's the one death that really sits the hardest with me. And because we think of them as a unit... To think of them individual, like my brain can't even like say it. I still said Weasley twins, right? Yeah. So I want to see like how how does a family, how does an individual who has this connection to another person that's so strong and deep, actually get on with life? Yeah. And when your whole life is basically to make people happy, but the other half of you, the other sort of happiness of you, has vanished. Mm-hmm. Um, how does how does one go on and yeah. do that, right? So I think, I think within there, there could be a really good lesson on how do we deal with loss? How do we deal with the things that we know life is going to give us, whether it's mm-hmm. a loss of a child prematurely or a parent, right, mm-hmm. or a loved one? Um, yeah. So I think that would be a really good story. Yeah. So if you could sort of ground it in what makes us human but mm-hmm. have this sort of magic, fun twist on it. Yeah. No, that would be really good. And I could and... imagine that being so bittersweet too, having it, having mm-hmm. it be – yeah, kind of focused on what it means to try to continue to bring joy in life when you've experienced that kind of loss of even your own identity. And yeah, that's fa- that'd be fascinating. And what an amazing representation too, because anyone who's a twin out there mm-hmm. at some point in their life has probably experienced that or will. Mm-hmm. And when is that ever represented? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mickey. You're welcome. It's been really a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. Pleasure was all mine. So, what's your name? Oh, my name's Dominique. You are an Avatar fan. Mm-hmm. So, what is one of your favorite themes in the series? I would say I really like how the plot develops along with the characters. Everybody is involved. Even the cabbage guy shows up even <laughs> in later seasons and it's like, wow, he's he's back. He actually still plays a role in this universe. So I really love the development of everybody and that everyone still plays a part together. Oh, that's good. Oh, so good. Yes. So are you excited about the live action coming out? 
what do you feel about it? I really am. It's funny because I do cosplay as well, and part of me is like really excited to see the costume designs and how they'll play a role in the world that they're in. Um, because it, Avatar takes place in like different cultures and a mix of that, and so I'm, I'm interested to see like how they develop the costumes, but also if the actors that they pick really do play the roles of the characters. Completely. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. why like I'm still a little nervous about it, but mm -hmm. because they said that they're not gonna whitewash the characters, right? feel better. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, I think the key thing is is that they got the creators to be involved in the show, and that's something that was, of course, totally missing that, you know, movie we're not going to talk much about. <laughs> and, like, without the creators, it's like you don't get to have the main ideas or the purpose behind the series, and so I believe as long as they have them as the writers and being a part of, like, the whole entire show, I think the Netflix series will be fine. I just hope that the length of the series doesn't get rushed it's not like oh this is just gonna be six episodes for one season and let's move on to the next like I hope it has the same length as we've seen in the animated series if not a little bit more and that way there'd be more fans and more people like coming aboard onto the fandom well and since you're also a Star Wars fan yes what is your feeling about this next movie <laughs> Oh man, I'm I'm really excited. I want to know how they put Carrie Fisher back into the film because I know that they wanted to stray away from the CG, which I'm glad. I'm also curious how they used old footage of her too to kind of play into the story because I know that they wanted her role as Leia to be a bigger part because for Kylo Ren. And I'm also hoping in terms of Kylo Ren, like he has like some kind of redemption in this last movie. And I'm also a big like Raylo shipper. Like I really want like Ray and Kylo to have some kind of interaction too. And I also like to see Finn and Poe and like their adventures as being sort of the last people in like their small group of rebellion and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but Ray and Kylo kind of is one of the big last big relationships we have without the, the previous generation around it as much. So yeah, that'll be a really good one to explore this last movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks Thank for coming. So yeah. Thank you. You said your name is Eloise? Yeah. Nice to meet you. How old are you? I am 11 years old. Awesome. And where are you from? I'm from Los Angeles. But we're from Los Angeles too. Yeah. Yes. LA. That's so you come down here every year? Yeah, I try. That's awesome. That's impressive because this is my first year, so <laughs> you're already doing better than I am. <laughs> so, question is, what type of theme or idea in the Harry Potter books is one of your favorites? Um, I like it that all of the friends have to work together to, to defeat Voldemort. Totally true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, without one of them, then they would all just die, basically. <laughs> another question is, if J.K. Rowling wrote another book about any of the Harry Potter characters, what character would you want the book to be about? Hermione. Yes. Nice. <laughs> is she your favorite? Yes. Yes, she is my favorite too. Followed by Luna Logan. Do you know what house you're in? I'm in Ravenclaw. Oh, nice. nice. Very so good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yay, thanks for talking to thanks, us. Eloise. My name is Isabella. What is something that's really meaningful to you about Avatar Last Airbender? I think what really mattered to me was Katara's whole emotional journey. Oh. Yeah, I think she was the first female character I saw like go through a lot of, I guess, growth with her powers and like does that make sense like she took responsibility for it and she didn't take the stereotypical route of 
taking her anger out on the person who caused her a lot of pain and I thought that was like a really profound moment for me when she was like super mature and like saying like as a kid yeah yeah as a kid not to like take the life of someone who caused her so much pain and so that was a really cool moment for me so that's a big part I love Katara yeah yeah thank you yeah I'm Adriana since you're a Harry Potter fan yes question number one Mm -hmm. is what is one of your like favorite themes or concept in Harry Potter uh, one of my favorite themes is how there's always a thread of humor through everything. Like there, there's always like a, a a bit of levity found. Like even in the most serious moments, like right off the bat in Sorcerer's Stone, when they're going through all those tasks, Hermione wants to light a fire. And she's like, "But there's no wood." <laughs> and, Are you a witcher? You? Thank you, <laughs> thank you. And that's like it's like it's it's those moments of levity that it really like they never stop being themselves. But yeah, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. question two is if J.K. Rowling wrote another book about a Harry Potter character, what character would you want to explore their story more? Um, I mean, obviously the, the obvious choice is I want to hear like the Marauder story in the, like, the first Wizarding War, but I think other than that, I would really actually love to hear about Ginny's career as a Quidditch player. Ah, like how that whole journey happened and Is she one of your favorite characters? Book Ginny is. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Ginny was something was else altogether. Left something to be desired. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Totally. Well yeah. awesome. Thanks. Jennifer. Jennifer. And uh, we did actually get engaged in Hogsmeade. Yeah. It was amazing. We were, it was Christmas Eve day and we were in the park and we were just kind of waiting, trying to figure out what we were going to do next. And so he kind of took me in front of the castle and he's like, here, let's go walk over here, figure out what we're going to do. And then he pulls out a golden snitch and says, I wanted to give this to you. And then he got down on one knee and opened the snitch and the ring was in the snitch and I started crying and it was, yes, it was a very magical moment. That's a good proposal. Very good indeed. She said magical, see what she did there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm getting you the little buzzwords there. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, so same question, theme, concept, and Harry Potter, what strikes you? I think that one of the things that strikes me the most is characters who think that they have their own path of redemption when nobody else thinks that they should be on that path. Like with the whole like Lupin, you know, there's a big theme there of his own self guilt. Which yes, there's a lot of people you know that have that prejudice against werewolves, but you know he kind of carries that guilt with him, and that he is you know afraid of hurting Tonks. And so I think you know that's one of those things where he's harder on himself than he needs to be. I think like that happens a lot with like Harry and Ron and Hermione. I think you know she has those moments, but she's one of the ones that's I think one of the stronger ones. She's the one to call people out on their bullcrap. So I think you know there's just I think. it's very good at showing the heroes in an imperfect light, you know. I think that was one thing that I think strikes me personally, uh, as well as, you know, I think a lot of other readers. And so, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, they do that really well. Mm-hmm. You love them even though they're super flawed. Yes, yeah. I mean, even Hermione has some faults, which yeah. is good. Yeah. She needed to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So. And if J.K. Rowling wrote another book? You know... I was thinking about that and I really wasn't sure at first, but I think I think an interesting story, you know, maybe as like maybe a mini series or something like that, maybe Moaning Myrtle. Ooh. 
like maybe like a maybe a, like a buddy comedy between yeah. Moaning Myrtle and like Peeves, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I would want. Awkward through the ages, yes. but from their perspective. Yeah. Yes, from the perspective <laughs> yeah. of the ghost, particularly. But yeah, like teasing Myrtle as she figures out how being a ghost works. Yeah, oh, that would be funny. Yeah, that would, so. that would be actually really cool. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. I, I, see, I see that you're dressed, cosplayed as Leia and Han. Yes. Why, why did you choose to do that today? Well, I mean, it's something that we've done before, but it's something that's very, you know, kind of personal to us. We're, yeah, we're we, big nerds. We're, so. we're big nerds. We've come to Comic-Con for five years at least, and mm-hmm. one of the early times that we, especially when we were first started dating, the first con we went to, we, we decided to do like Han and Leia and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Sometimes we like add on to uh, an old costume. Like I like... I got some nice boots now, so it's like, nice. I want to show them off. Yeah, you upgrade <laughs> a little bit more, yeah. That's yeah, got to keep bringing it out. Exactly, exactly. So. Cool, okay. So, what so, the theme? Oh, your name. My name's Ryan, and uh, I'm not a, a big, big Harry Potter fan like these two. That's okay, we forgive you. We're Thank warming, you. We're warming Thank you. Angel. So, but what character you would want to learn more about? I, you know what, I was, I was listening to uh, everyone, and I was also thinking about Snape, too. Because the twist that that we learn about Snape and his history uh, is was very very interesting. So unfortunately, there the audio recording got cut off. I didn't realize because I got a call that it cut off the audio until way after the fact. So unfortunately, we don't get the rest of that thought. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> What's your name? Rihanna. And Marty. So, you're fans of Avatar. Yes. What's one of your favorite like themes or concepts in that world? I like the theme of the extended family. So you know how mm. Patara and Sokka are brother and sister, but they add in Aang and they add in Toph and you know they just become a family over time and then they mm-hmm. de- defeat the enemy together and you know go through all these trials. So I just really like that sense of family even though they're not really blood related mm-hmm. that they work together to you know achieve a goal totally and the whole like talk when she was like do you think friendships can really last more than a lifetime Mm -hmm. oh so good (laughs) yeah and she came from like a pretty broken family too and for her to trust people is such a big deal yeah yeah I think for me, I'm a sucker for like redemption arcs. Mm. So like the theme pops up a lot. You have Zuko with his redemption arc. Iroh, who was the general of the army, who comes back. Um, Aang gives Fire Lord Ozai a chance to come back at the ends, but he doesn't. So like I think the fact that they're open to like everybody has some good in them and giving them a chance to bring it out. Yes. Um, and we see some characters do and some don't. So yeah. I think I, I really like seeing that in in the show, especially in like a kid show. Yeah. It's not just good or bad. Like there's. There's, there's shades of gray there. Yeah, I love that, that it's not just like, oh, we're just going to kill Fire Lord yeah. I love that there's yeah. an entire episode dedicated towards that where Aang has that struggle. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I forget who he talks to, the lion turtle or... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which was so confusing the first time I saw that. I'm like, wait, what is this? <laughs> That's awesome. So do you have a favorite character in Avatar? Or have you watched Korra as well? Legend yeah, of Korra? I watched Korra. I do I do have just the bear Bosco as my mouse pad at work. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Because our in I'm I'm a grad student, so in our lab all of our computers are named after bears because our experiment's called polar bear. So like people have like gummy bear, poo bear. So I went with Bosco. No one knows who it is, so I made a mouse pad with Bosco. <laughs> That's so amazing. You can't go wrong with Uncle Iroh. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, you just cannot uh, go wrong. I don't know if that's a, like I love Iroh. <laughs> I love Zuko's just whole story. I love 
how Zuko's redemption isn't just straight from like evil to good, right? He like he dips and wanes yeah. and he yeah. he goes through that and Iroh responds to that, you know? Yeah. Like when Iroh's disappointed in him, he turns his back to him until he's ready to come back. And, and I think he accepts them at the end. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> such, such a, a good scene. Oh, yes. It makes uh, me cry. When Zuko, Zuko's like, I'm not worthy and then Iroh just hugs him. It's, that's uh, the best scene. That yes. was so good. Yeah, and that's the hard thing. It's always so hard to pick a favorite because like everyone is great. Yes. Yeah. Too good. So what's your name? Annika. So you just told us about a paper that you wrote for a class. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, so the paper was about uh, the weaponization of happiness. So for me, when I started reading Harry Potter, I was going through a little bit of a tough time in my life. And so were a lot of the characters in Harry Potter. And one of the things that really got me was... So, sorry we got a cut off before. <laughs> no problem. So, um, in Harry Potter, a lot of what people focus on... <laughs> what is... There's a ukulele concert going on next door. It's it. Comic-Con. It, it should be fine. Yeah. A lot of what people focus on is love, and how Lily sacrificed herself, and how Dumbledore always says the greatest magic oh is God. love. Okay, let's go this way. <laughs> that, that's music I can take, but people singing in the background, that's where I draw the line. Okay, we'll talk about love. But no one really talks about happiness. So you really see this come up in the third book. So when Lupin is teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts, one of the first things that he has the students do is go up against a bogart. And the spell that they use to get rid of it is ridiculous. They're taking the thing that they fear the most and turning it into something opposite, something that makes them laugh. Mm -hmm. And I really thought about this, like, the antidote to fear, it's laughter. And if you can think about the things you fear and turn it into something happy, and they weaponize this because they use a spell. But what it really is in the real world is a change of mindset. And you see the same thing with the Dementors. The Dementors, I mean, they're not people. They're not someone who can be redeemed. They are just personifications of darkness. And the way that they fight this is Expecto Patronum, a literal glimmery silver shape of an animal that is born from their happiest memory. And even within that darkness, they have to find it within themselves to summon the thing that makes them the most happy, the most full of joy, to fight off that darkness. And for me, I faced depression for a couple of years. And that was something that really stuck with me, was to find this one happy memory and turn it into a weapon and kind of see myself almost physically fighting it off. Which I wouldn't have been able to do if I hadn't thought about Harry and all of his friends just sending Patronuses into the darkness. That's so cool. <laughs> That's really cool. And the series keeps doing this. I mean, you can find a lot of examples. You look at the Marauders. Um, you look at Friend George, obviously amazing. And when they go form Weasley's Wizard Weezes in Diagon Alley, that shop becomes the hub of defensive magic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is when the world is dark, it yeah. is a literal and figurative spot of lightness and it's bright. The way they fought Umbridge when they left the school. And they're one of the only ones that stayed in Diagon Alley when everybody yes. else was too afraid to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the way to fight that, you make people laugh, you make people happy. And when they're happy, they remember that they have something to fight for. Love that. Happiness yeah. is resistance. And yeah, it so is. Cool. That is really cool. I like that. <laughs> okay, so separate from that, I guess, mm-hmm. what's something that is just really meaningful to you about Harry Potter? Ooh, that's hard. <laughs> to me, the one thing is that 
despite everything, you see a lot of novels where you have this main character. But even though all the books were called Harry Potter and whatsoever, at no point did I feel that Harry Potter, that Harry was the solitary main character. There is no battle he went into alone. Ron, Hermione, later you had Ginny, Luna, everyone were always right beside him because he always went to his support system. He always said, there are these people that I trust, that I love, and they are going to stand beside me. And I think that's sometimes hard for individuals to do is to lean on other people. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the beautiful things about this is that it really teaches you the people around you are what make you strong. Your strength doesn't, sure, some of your strength comes from inside, but a lot of it comes from outside and you have to be willing to go get up and draw on that strength. Mm-hmm. I love that too, especially yeah. for a character who's an orphan boy, right? Mm-hmm. Who gains community and gains purpose through that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I think sometimes he struggles with, he's like, I don't want anybody else to get hurt through this, mm-hmm. but he finally gets to accept it, right? Yeah, and, and he and, sees the good yeah. in people. He always does. I don't think Harry at any point believes that anyone's beyond redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. I mean, and that's why in the end he doesn't cast the killing curse you know even with Voldemort I mean you look at the Triwizard Tournament he knew the Avada Kedavra spell he cast Expelliarmus I mean of all the things he could have cast he just wanted to disarm him and yeah, yeah. Look, look at book seven. The, books, the book begins with him coming to terms with his oldest enemy, or mm-hmm. one of his oldest enemies, Dudley, yeah. and ends with him coming to terms with his, his true oldest enemy, I guess, with Voldemort. And he does it all. I mean, the Horcruxes, he didn't personally destroy most of them. I mean, mm-hmm. he dispatched his yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neville, I mean, Neville, who, you know, in book one, would we ever think that Neville was like the key piece to mm-hmm. killing Voldemort? No. Right. But he grew into his own, and he gained Harry's trust, and he killed Nagini. And it was just this idea that you have all these people around you, and you just need to take that and internalize it and say, like, yes, you know, I have a part in this world. There are other people. There are people who love me, and I love them back. And, you know, I draw them close to support. Yay, I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, of course. I'm really looking forward to like listening to your podcast. I'm going to go home and do that. <laughs> Wasn't that delightful? So delightful. <laughs> Thank you again so much to to all those who, who spoke with us. We've actually already recorded the episode that will come out in the feed next week, which will be on Despair and the Hunger Games. And so we know that the week after that, we'll be discussing Compassion and Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. Yeah, so we hope you'll join us for that as well. Exactly. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines, or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor-Postel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. That's going to wrap us up for this week. We'll see you next week. Until then, geek out! out.